Hello to the football world and welcome to a new podcast. We're called Brothers from Different Mothers because we are just that. I am joined by my little brother Sam. How old are you now, Sam? Um, I'm 13, 13 uh, in I'm, October, so I'm about halfway there. And I'm 25 in October, so yeah, there's quite the age gap, which makes mm-hmm. this podcast quite interesting because we're going to be counting down our top five managers of the Premier League era just for a bit of fun. Just because Sam lives in Wales and I live in the northeast of England in Sunderland, so this should cure a little bit of lockdown boredom because we're both very bored, aren't we? Oh uh, yeah, how can you not be? Let's be honest. Yeah, and we're all football. Although the Bundesliga does return today. Yeah, this is to the day we're recording this. Bundesliga's back, and I actually quite like the Bundesliga, but I'm probably not going to watch any matches just because. Uh, well, how how can you? Well, they're on BT Sport, aren't they? And you've got Sky down there, haven't you? No, we don't have Sky. We don't oh, have Sky. Dad, Dad cancelled it. Uh-huh. Just like tie that's right. <laughs> yeah, you think yeah. Anyway. Okay, number five. Who have you got, Sam? Uh this is the one I was like a bit oh should I put them in? I had two shouts. I've gone with Roberto Mancini, uh number five. Ooh, uh, for Man City. Uh yeah. just because of that season, forty four years without like a Prem. Uh they were they really wanted one and then he came in, he obviously had lots of money to spend. But he has, he did basically make that club what it is today, if you get what I mean. So, uh, if he, if they didn't win that league title, do you reckon they would have had the money? Well, they would have had the money, but would have had the credibility to bring players in if they didn't win the Premier League, if they didn't have the accolades they did. I don't know whether people would want to sign for them. So, I think that was the like base of how Man City have turned so good today. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a pretty good argument. Um... He was kind of like when he first came. He was he was box office, wasn't he, Mancini? Because he was such a well known manager from the continent, and I think City had had Mark Hughes, and they hadn't had much success. And mm-hmm. I mean, it can't be understated how difficult it is to get or was to get the better of Sir Alex Ferguson's Manchester United. And Mancini did give us probably the greatest ever Premier League moment, arguably with the Aguero goal. I think the- it's the greatest moment. Forget Premier League, just of all time. If you most football fans, if you say to them, uh, "What's the best moment in football?" they will say the Aguero moment, won't they? Because it think, was just uh, that big. Yeah, it's the, and I was kind of like part of that day because I was at the Stadium of Light and Manchester United played Sunderland. Yeah, uh, I think Rooney. You, you you absolutely took the mick out of them when they found out. Well, we we did because Rooney scored on like the forty fourth minute or something, and it was a pretty it was pretty much a non event game. And obviously there was a lot of Manchester United fans there. And it was, you know, they were kind of giving the Sunderland fans a lot of stick, as Manchester United fans have done for, you know, mm-hmm. 20, 30 years, because they've been the best team. And they've, you know, they've, they've given out stick and, you know, you, your club's never going to win this, your club's never going to win that, you're, never, you're not as successful as us. And to be fair, everybody just takes it because they are the most successful team. What can you do? And God, did they dish it out on that day at the stadium of like, you know, you're going down next season, you're never going to win anything, blah, blah. They were, you know, they were quite vocal, and that's football. But when news filtered through of um, Man City's last minute goal, and then when it was shown on the scoreboard at the stadium of light, the stadium of light went absolutely <laughs> simply because Manchester United, you know, they're the team to be shot at. But, and, and that's fine. But what gets me now is that kind of Manchester United are kind of still holding on to that moment and they absolutely despise Sunderland. And it's like, come on, we're little old Sunderland. We're, we're in League One now. And, mm-hmm. you know, Manchester United are one of the biggest clubs in the world. And Sunderland is still living rent-free in Manchester United's head. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that that uh, 
What was I going to say? Oh, no, go on, move on, move on, move on. Right, okay. <laughs> um, so you had number five, which was Roberto Mancini, um, and I think that's a, a good pick. I went something a little different, and I went with Carlo Ancelotti, another Italian. Oh, yeah, for, for Chelsea. Yeah, for Chelsea, because he came in after Avram Grant and Luis uh, Felipe Scolari. That was kind of like the post-Mourinho era, where they couldn't really get it right. Mm-hmm. And then Ancelotti came in, and he did get it very right. And Chelsea played some extremely good football, and they were doing it at a time where Manchester United were pretty strong. Um and Chelsea actually won the double that year. They won the FA Cup um, in the 2009-2010 season, along with the Premier League. And they won the Community Shield at uh, the start... Oh, sorry, the beginning of that season as well. So it's kind of like a treble of sorts. Isn't that, isn't that the Chelsea team who uh, went and were challenging for Champions League? So... Yeah, exactly. He, he kind of helped them kind of kick up a notch. And I think his, his tactics and his football is, is amazing. I'm interested to see what he does at Everton now, given a bit of time and given a bit, given a bit of money, because his, his record's absolutely crazy, really. When you look at it as a manager, he's managed Juventus and he, he won the Intertoto Cup, which was kind of a forerunner for the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Um, he won Serie A with um, AC Milan alongside the Coppa Italia, the Super Coppa Italia, the Champions League twice, the UEFA Super Cup twice, FIFA Club World Cup. He went to Chelsea, did it there. He went to Paris Saint-Germain, he won a league there. And at Real Madrid, let's not forget that he won the 10th Champ- Champions, Champions League, league with Decima, yeah. which is crazy. Um, also won the Copa del Rey, Europe, yeah, UEFA Super Cup, FIFA World Club Cup, went to Bayern Munich, won a league title there and a Super Cup twice. So I know we're judging not on just Premier League, but I think... He's one of the most impressive tacticians for me. And we'll get on to some of the other tacticians in this list, but he's one of the most mm. impressive ones. In terms of actually coming over and changing the game a little bit as well, I think he was uh, he was pretty influential. But I could have easily gone for Roberto Mancini, you know. Mm. Uh, but I do think Carlo Ancelotti is one of the most underrated managers uh, in world football because if you look at how much he's done, you've just, you've just gone on about it. Uh, he's, he's done so much in football. He's won so many competitions. And he, he's not treated as one of the elites, which I can never see. Uh, yeah, he, he might not have like been doing it at Everton, Everton so far, and so people are forgetting about him a bit. But in reality, he's one of the greatest managers of the modern era. I think Ever- Everton were a bit of a shambles when he came in as well. And he has stabilised them and they have... You know, they've gone up the league significantly and he's getting the best out of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who is a player that always looked to me as if he had potential, but I didn't really see him turning in the performances that he has been doing. He's starting to look kind of, you know, bordering on an exceptional Premier League forward, which I didn't see in the beginning. So I think his, his coaching is um, is pretty darn good of individuals. I've also read his book, which I think is called Quiet Leadership. And that's uh, That's pretty good. Anyway, I digress. Number four, Sam, who did you go with? Well, um, I went with a man whose reputation's gone down a bit in the last couple of years, uh, but he has won three Premier League titles. It is Jose Mourinho, uh, just due to his fa- due to the fact you can't look past three Premier League titles. Uh, he managed Chelsea, and he did it very well. Uh, he was the first person to really like grab uh, the money that was coming into Chelsea, and that you could say that's an easy job, but they weren't a big club until he came in. He won. What was it? Two Premier League titles. He built a he built a team with with uh, Terry. Uh, was it Lampard with him as well? So uh, I'm pretty sure that 
Uh, Mourinho is one of the best managers of all time, but he'd be a lot higher on my list if he either just a couple of years ago stopped before he came into Man United because um he kind of, in the Premier League anyway, he didn't do that well. Well, looking back on it now, he did because that Man United team is a shambles and he got them to second. Mm. But um, I and Tottenham, he's not doing the best job in the world either. So that's why he's a bit lower. But uh, in his earlier days, uh, he was a top-class manager. I think um, I think with Mourinho, I think he's kind of been a victim of his own success, really, in, in a sense that his standards that he set for himself were so high that failing to meet them makes him look, you know, makes him look less of a manager. But I think he would argue as well that at Man United he did he did win things and he, he did win a League Cup and he he did win um, a Europa League as well. Obviously, that's not Premier League success, which is what we are judging um, this list on. But my number four. Um, in terms of the Premier League, which might be a little bit controversial, is actually Pep Guardiola. Oh, really? Because Pep Guardiola's won two Premier League titles, so I think there's more for him to do in the Premier League at Man City. Obviously, Jose Mourinho's got those three Premier League titles. And yeah, that's kind of, that was kind of like the deciding factor for me because both managers, Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho, have been... Um, very influential on changing the Premier League and, and changing the way we view football. Pep Guardiola in his style probably more so because he's brought that kind of well it's it's kind of like total tiki-taka football you know Cruyff era Marcelo Bielsa style um, craziness attacking football which is hard to defend against and it's the nicest type of football to watch probably in the eyes of many and many purists so but the deciding factor for me was that two Premier League titles. But you know, at some point in the near future, if, if Pep Guardiola stays, he may, he may well surpass um, Mourinho's achievements in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I think uh, Pep Guardiola is one of the be- best managers in the Premier League history, just because of like he he came into the Premier League and he's got Man City, and they were doing all right. They they had fourth place uh, the season he came in. He brought them to third within his first season, which is quite good. And then twice in a row, first, 100 points, which is insane. Yeah, no one's crazy. really got near to that. But Pep Guardiola uh, did that within a couple of years, two years. And, well, he, he brought a team up, really. He came into the club. He said, right, we need a few fullbacks. We need this and that. And, yeah, he was given money, which not all Premier League managers have the courtesy of having. But if you look at Mourinho at Man United... Uh, he was given money and he didn't make the most of it. Pep Guardiola made one of the greatest Premier League teams of well, English first division teams of all time. Yeah, that, that's a very good shout. But again, probably Jose Mourinho would say that his, you know, his classic Chelsea side of Czech and Lampard and Terry. Uh, obviously, you had Damian Duff and Iron Robin and and Didier Drogba. That, and well, yeah, all of those guys. They would probably give that. Manchester City side a run for his money he would um, he would probably argue mm-hmm. I feel as if um, in the in the Man City days the team not all well the teams weren't giving them as much competition as they might have been with Chelsea because they had or whenever you see a team other than Man United doing well you always look at them and go oh they must have done really well because it was, that was in the Sir Alex Ferguson era mm. so uh, you've, you've obviously got competition you have to beat something whereas 
Guardiola, more recently they've had Liverpool in the 100-point season. Second place was a Man United team with Phil Jones and Chris Smalling starting at centre-backs. Yeah, so, yeah. So he, that, in that 100-point season, yeah, it's obviously an amazing achievement. No one's going to get close to it. Well, actually, Liverpool could have, but you know what I mean? No one, no one's it's, done it. It's, it's, and, interesting. it's interesting you say that, actually, because Pep Guardiola's probably operating now at a time where the Premier League, in terms of quality, is probably the strongest it's ever been. But because of that quality, it isn't really a two-horse race anymore. So there isn't... Because throughout the Premier League, when I was growing up, it was always Manchester United and who was going to challenge Manchester United. So it was either Manchester United and Leeds, Manchester United and Blackburn, or Manchester United and Newcastle. And then it came Manchester United and Arsenal, Manchester United and Chelsea. Um, and then it became Manchester United and Manchester City. Now, it's kind of like Liverpool are strong, Manchester United are strong. Uh, sorry, Manchester United are pretty weak now, but you've got Liverpool, Chelsea, you know, Tottenham, um, Manchester City can all, all feasibly win the title. I know some even of the Leicester teams, are doing... Even Leicester, doing... yeah. You know, I know some of the teams that I've mentioned in that list haven't um, won the Premier League, e.g. Liverpool and Tottenham, but they've certainly got stronger. And I think, at the, I think it's... Uh, it's it's a way to paradox because it's hard to do what Pep Guardiola's done in terms of getting a hundred point season, but there isn't that one dedicated strong challenger who's going to kind of push you all of the way, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And you got to look at Pep Guardiola in terms of a uh, he he beat he beats those teams. So uh, didn't they lose four games? No, how in the one hundred point season? How many games I think did they was. actually? I think, lose. They I lost think, to Liverpool and I they lost to Man two, United, and that was yeah, it. I think it was yeah. two games, yeah, which is which is nuts. I mean, that is nuts. It's sub achievement. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that was that was close to the invincibles. Everyone was calling it out. I think they have they, until this season. They had most consecutive wins. Uh, they had they had many records that were only recently broken by either themselves again the season after or Liverpool. Uh, so, yeah. Pep Guardiola is a is a great manager, and he spurred it on. He's my number three. Uh, and and Pep again, Guardiola. Um, I mentioned with Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, well, obviously Pep Guardiola is my number four, but Carlo Ancelotti. I mentioned all of the things he's done in on in European football on the continent. Pep Guardiola's done, you know, he's done amazing things with Barcelona trebles and and La Liga wins and you know Copa del Rey wins galore won the Champions League twice with Barcelona Bayern Munich three league titles and cup wins dominating Germany yeah so I mean if we're talking about that as a measure of success as well he's uh, he's certainly done it so you mentioned your number three was Ars- Pep. Uh, sorry your number three was Pep I'll recap my list so mine's five Ancelotti four Pep Guardiola but my number three is Arsene Wenger gets in there ahead of Pep Guardiola oh really yeah for me he does yeah and I'll I'll kind of explain why, because, I mean, you, I mean, even I struggled to remember this in full, and so you probably definitely won't, but Arsene Wenger really came in and completely changed English football, completely changed Yeah, because he, he introduced, like, he was the one who introduced all these diets. Um, yeah, n- nutrition. It was more fitness. Uh, fitness, nutrition, because Arsenal were a very... Um, they had a lot of very good players, but I think there was a bit of a drinking culture as well because um, you mm-hmm. kind of had Tony Adams and Paul Merson and Steve Bold. And in terms of the players that Arsene Wenger was able to identify and sign, he kind of signalled this wave of foreign influence in the Premier League. You had Nicolas Anelka coming over, who was an absolute phenomenon. Thierry Henry, Emmanuel Petit, all of these French... Thierry. 
Vieira, how could you forget Vieira? And, and later, Jens Lehmann and, and such like. He was Robert uh, Pires. And, and the football, that invincible t- um, team played was just incredible. And for me, there's, there's a lot of debate about the Invincibles and they didn't do well in Europe and they got knocked out of the FA Cup. But to go a whole 38-game season unbeaten, I don't care how many draws or how many points you get, that is that is seriously, seriously, seriously impressive. Obviously, Preston went a first division uh, season unbeaten back in the day. I can't remember exactly what year, but that was only a 22-game season. And the rules of football and the way football is played and the competitiveness of football was a lot different back then to what it was you know, in 2004 when Arsene Wenger did that. So for me, three league titles, he just just pips Pep Guardiola. But again, Pep Guardiola still managing in the Premier League, probably still has a lot more to achieve. Yeah, with Arsene with Arsene Wenger, he's a well, he he won he got a lot of stick towards the end of his career, but he, people forget how good of a manager he is. He suffered the same thing as Mourinho, really. Yeah, but yeah. if you if you look back at it, uh, Mourinho with uh, Manu and uh, Wenger with Arsenal, they were managing teams who were just not very good. They weren't good enough, and I know with like Wenger, he he was the one who made that team, but it was. He left, Emery came in. Within a year and a half, Emery got sacked. The fans were screaming for his head because that Arsenal team, Wenger was doing a lot with what he had. Emery did barely anything and he just worsened it. He just made it worse and worse. Wenger Wenger got sixths and fifths. He wasn't really progressing. Mm. But he, it wasn't getting worse. It just it wasn't getting better, but it wasn't getting worse. And he, he was winning FA Cups as well. I know that's not you know that's not the measure of success by which Arsenal seem to judge themselves. But I know they went they went a long period without a trophy. But he did start to turn the tide in that regard. Although the Premier League, um, the Premier League form wasn't the best. But I think for me, what makes Wenger so alluring as well is the longevity of him. Obviously, he spent so much time at Arsenal, and he, he changed the culture of football and that club and he guided Arsenal out of Highbury into the Emirates Stadium all of that wouldn't be possible without Arsene Wenger I mean the platform is there in Arsenal for them to be you know I know that they've never won the Champions League but the platform is there with Arsenal to be a European super club if they could just get the recruitment right which I think the struggle mm-hmm. but the the thing with Wenger and with Mourinho you kind of touched upon it and we'll touch on it again when we get to my number one and I think probably your number one as well <laughs> is that Mourinho and Wenger don't seem to have evolved. They were very revolutionary when they came into the Premier League over a period of time, but they don't seem to have evolved and they don't seem to have taken new ideas on board. I know that's kind of harsh for me to say because I don't know the ins and outs of those particular clubs and I've never you know, worked with those particular managers, but that's how it feels to, to me, kind of like a, a Premier League observer, as it were. Well, yeah, that's that's as a manager, the best managers they can evolve. So you've got the, these days the two biggest managers are Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola, and their their teams are both are both probably if this season wouldn't have been called off, Jurgen Klopp's team probably would have racked up a hundred points. Pep Guardiola's did, and that was because they didn't have a a set style of football. Mm. They could play passing football, they could play counter attacking football, they could attack you. You can attack them, and they soak it up. That's what makes a good team, and that's what uh, makes the tac- the tactical nous on a manager so important. Pep Guard, no, uh, Arsene Arsene Wenger, sorry, yeah, great manager, 
he was a he had a very good style of football and he brought it into English English football. He brought it to the Premier League. But it was the Arsene Wenger style of football. Whereas Pep Guardiola, you you'd say his main type is passing, but he has other tactics. You yeah, I, say... I think I think if you look at if you look at Guardiola's time in Barcelona and then his time at Bayern Munich and then his time at Manchester City, he's kind of reinvented the wheel each time. Like mm-hmm. the, the, those those three sides com- play not completely different football, but the the original stuff that he was doing, the Cruyff kind of led ticky tacker stuff at Barcelona, where a team couldn't get the ball. I mean, that's very different to what he does at City now. I think, anyway. Yeah, it is. Uh, my number two is uh, also Arsene Wenger. Yeah, I still think, I think Wenger's a better manager at the moment than Guardiola, but in a few years that might be a different opinion. Uh, but we've already talked about Wenger, so we'll have. What's your number two? So my number two was Jose Mourinho. Uh, yeah. And you know, Mourinho, Wenger, and Pep Guardiola are probably all interchangeable. Um, I was kind of going on my the the way I judged it was Mourinho and Wenger took Premier League titles off a really really strong Manchester United side, probably the best you know over over a period of twenty years, the best side, the best evolving side that British football's ever seen. So mm-hmm. Arsene Wenger and Jose Mourinho managed to do that in the Manchester United dominance era. So they they get ahead of Pep Guardiola. But I mean, again, two and three, Arsene Wenger and Mourinho are kind of interchangeable in my mind. Mourinho got the nod when I was making the list just because he really kind of he really kind of dominated Wenger. So to put Mourinho below Wenger kind of didn't work for me. I mean, Jose Mourinho was calling Wenger a specialist specialist in failure, and Mourinho managed to win titles over Wenger and. So, yeah, I kind of feel he got the best of that personal duel. Well, the reason I've gone Mourinho number four, Guardiola number three, and Wenger number two, I think Mourinho gets the number four spot instead of something higher. Just because with all the good seasons he'd ha- he had in the Premier League, he had three Premier League titles with Chelsea, plus a good season with Chelsea before he won the- his third. He's also had... A couple of average seasons at Man United, a bad one where he got sacked, two sackings at Chelsea, mm. Tottenham aren't loving him at the moment, really. So, Wenger, yeah, Arsenal were calling for their head, but that was their fan base just being brats, let's be honest. Sorry, Eddie, yeah. Arsenal fans watching, but that was... I, I, I think Arsenal fans' uh, treatment of, of, uh, of Wenger was terrible. Yeah, it was this, It was stupid. Warnock, uh, I'm a Cardiff fan, if you... Uh, would like to know. Uh, Warnock uh, wasn't playing great football uh, in the championship, but we weren't calling for his head. But we weren't. He wasn't giving us the performances, but he'd given us a great Premier League ride and a, a and a promotion to it. But we wouldn't call for his head. But even if he is playing bad football, it's a similar situation for situation for Wenger. So I put him. I put him number two because uh, for one, he didn't get sacked. He never got sacked. And for two. I think he played better football than Mourinho. And I put Guardiola in between because, yeah, those two took titles off Man United and Sir Alex Ferguson. But um, Pep Guardiola took a title off a team with 97 points. Now, that's that's a madness. That's probably the best team to lose the title. So, 
yeah, I I I see your point with the uh, the Man United yeah, team. Yeah, but... I, I suppose what what you say with Liverpool pushing them very very close last season is uh, that's something I hadn't considered and it's pretty impressive. Number one, I think is obvious, and I think we've both gone for the same pick. Would you like to reveal all, Sam? Um, yeah, Sir Alex Ferguson. It's quite obvious, isn't that? Yeah, I mean, how how can anybody have anything different? I mean, you could almost have a table, you know, and agree to take Sir Alex Ferguson out just to make it more interesting because it's so obvious. 13 Premier League title mm. wins with Manchester United. And, you know, Manchester United were a historically successful club under Matt Busby and, you know, they were the first English club to win the European Cup, now the Champions League, and they had a history of FA Cup wins and, and First Division wins. But people forget that when Sir Alex Ferguson took over Manchester United, they were a big club, but they weren't winning anything and hadn't won anything for a while and hadn't won the league for a long time. And then when he leaves, Sir Alex Ferguson has made Manchester United you know, one of the biggest clubs in world football with 13 mm-hmm. Premier Leagues. And just the sheer evolution of, of his style, he wasn't wedded to one style of football. He could counter-attack, they could dominate games, Manchester United. One of the best man-motivators, charismatic, used the media to his advantage. And if you look at the players that have played under him and Fergie's fledglings, like the, that, that's, that's one of the best stories in, in British football history for me, Fergie's fledglings, the class of 92, when you had all of the academy of players come through and, and win a treble. I mean, winning a treble, first English team ever to win a treble. Um, it would have been the first, first. It might have been the first team in Europe to win that treble. Actually, I, I would have to double check that, but I know it was before any team from Italy and Spain did it. Um, so I mean, yeah, just an incredible guy. And looking back, because when I was growing up, when I was younger, Fergie, he was kind of like uh, I don't know how to explain it. He, he was always there, so you didn't kind of appreciate him when he was there. But now he's gone, it's kind of like wow, I I witnessed greatness. Mm-hmm. If you look at the your, the lists, uh, Mancini's got one, Mourinho's got three, Pep Guardiola's got two, so that's six, and then Wenger's got nine. Sir Alex Ferguson has miles more than them all combined, so yeah, yeah. There's, there's no chance that anyone's reaching him. He's immortal, and for the next there's still no one who's going to reach him within the next 10 years because say Guardiola goes on and he wins 10 Premier Leagues in a row. He's yeah. still behind him. So there's there's not really much you can really do. He's untouchable at the moment. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And the thing with Sir Alex as well is that all of the um, managers in my list, barring Pep Guardiola, were in direct competition with Fergie. So... Mourinho, Wenger and Ancelotti in my list and it would be Mancini in yours. Mm-hmm. So uh, Fergie won titles, I think, when all of these managers were active, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So he, he had uh, kind of discount Ancelotti because it wasn't such, such a battle. Ancelotti won and then, he got, and then he kind of got sacked. But Mourinho, Ferguson battled with, with Mourinho and, and ended up kind of outstaying Mourinho in terms of keeping his job at Manchester United and going on to win more titles. The battles with Arsene Wenger are just legendary. I mean, that is the Premier League's golden era. Keane and Vieira in the midfield hated each other. Ferguson and Arsene Wenger absolutely hated each other. I mean, go back and look at some of the newspaper reports and some of the interviews those two were doing 
at each other. I mean, Ferguson and Mourinho hated each other. You had the Battle of Manchester, sorry, the Battle of Old Trafford, where Keown is jumping into Van Nistelrooy's face and Van Nistelrooy gets Vieira sent off. And oh, it was it was just absolute bedlam. And of course, the pizza throwing incident with, with <laughs> Cesc, well, r- rumored to be Cesc Fabregas. It's just absolutely nuts. But Ferguson got the better of Wenger. Ferguson and he did got it. the better of Mourinho. And, he, you know, he, he won even after Manchester City came on the scene as the noisy neighbours. You know, the, uh, Man, uh, Manchester City won through that Aguero goal and it was hailed as some sort of victory, tiding, uh, changing of the tides. But then Manchester United, under Sir Alex Ferguson, in Sir Alex Ferguson's final season, came back and won the league again. Mm-hmm. And... Uh... You you meant you got to mention as well when uh I I don't think they actually he actually won this battle in the end but uh he played he played on and off the pitch with uh, many managers but my my personal favourite is with him and Rafa Benitez. Uh, oh yeah yeah I forgot, the, I forgot about the, the rivalry interview, which was uh he's got so many rivalries and he plays he he's the manager on and off the pitch and not in like the way that he coached players obviously he did but uh it was a psychological game with Fergie. On top of that, he he coached players like uh, he tailored the play style to people's needs to yeah. make them better players. Because you think you go across, you could build a whole team of Man United players who have been world class. Because you've got Van der Sar, you've got uh, Ferdinand, Rooney, poor Scholes, the be- five-time Ballon d'Or winner Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. There's, the list is endless. And 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 within that, he played the transfer market so well. And you, you talk about the, the Rafa Benitez losing his losing his absolute mind because Fergie had that effect on <laughs> he had that effect on people. Eventually, he made Wenger lose his mind, and eventually, he made Benitez lose his mind, and he made Kevin Keegan lose his mind as well. Like Kevin Keegan had a meltdown on on national television. Yeah, yeah. When he was Newcastle manager, which as a Southern fan, I'm, I'm pretty thankful for. But I'm, I'm just... is that is that the one where he goes? I'd love it if we beat them. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. and, and, and that was Fergie. Fergie was, I mean, Newcastle was something like nine or 11 points ahead at this point. And, and then they bottled it. Yeah, completely. Um, it's just, it's, it's a crazy footnote on Premier League history. But I'm looking at the history of the Premier League now. So 1992-93, Manchester United win it. 1993-1994, Manchester United win it. And then Blackburn Rovers win it. Manchester United come back and win it the next two years. Then Arsenal win it. Manchester United come back and win three on the bounce. Then Arsenal win it 2001-2002. United 2002-2003. Then you have the invincible season of 03-04. Then Chelsea come in and win it twice. Then you have Manchester United battle back with three Premier League titles on the spin. Chelsea win it again in 2009-2010. United win it again. Lose it to City. And then in um, Sir Alex Ferguson's final year... Manchester United win it again, 2012-2013. So the Premier League is literally bookended by um, Premier League wins by Manchester United, led by mm-hmm. Alex Ferguson. It's he, just a crazy record. It'll never be surpassed. And you, and you, when you look at those, uh, the people who won it against them. So you got Blackburn, you got Daglish, Daglish, yeah. sorry. And I was close to putting him in instead of Mancini, but uh, I think he was seventh behind Mancini and Ancelotti. And then you've got the Mourinho side, the Ven- the Wenger side, uh, the Ancelotti side, and then finally the Mancini side. 
and if I mention, yeah, I did say Mourinho. So all all of the people who beat him were pretty much great managers, and you've got to be a great manager to win the Premier League. So that's kind of a given. But he he's the he stopped anyone else from coming through and like being engraved in Premier League history to the extent of himself because thirteen Premier League titles is just insane. And I'm not, and I'm I don't really like Man United. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of them. But I, I have a lot of respect for Sir Alex Ferguson. He's he's a sir for God's sake. He's been knighted. Yeah, exactly. In a football team. And I, I think the thing is to say as well is that obviously, you know, English football did not start in 1992. There was a history before 1992, mm-hmm. quite a long, extensive history. But even if you consider that whole picture, so you include post-1992 and pre-1992, Sir Alex Ferguson still has the best record in terms of winning the English top flight, so first division or Premier League, with 16 titles with Manchester United. The closest to him is George Ramsey with Aston Villa, who managed Aston Villa um, in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Bob Paisley with Liverpool in six, uh, with six as well. They're the two closest to him. You know, that's, that's absolutely crazy, and they're not even really close. You'll have to tell me if this is wrong, but I think with... Without Ferguson, if they did just have, like, say, David Moyes for those years or something like that, I think Man City would have won more uh, first division titles than Man United. I don't know if that's fully correct, but it would be, it would be close. Yeah, I think it but would be close. Because, think... of, because of Ferguson, it's like Liverpool aren't on top of that. Well, yeah, and he, and, he, and he set out to knock Liverpool off their perch. He, he went on record and said that, like, Liverpool were the best side in the world at the time when he was saying that. Mm-hmm. And he did it. It's crazy. Do you have Sam any honourable mentions for people that didn't get in your list? Um, I've got Dalglish, because uh, that Blackburn side was, uh, it was a good one. But uh, I think honourable mention goes out to Claudio Ranieri. Yeah, that's a good shot. Winning the Premier League with Leicester. I mean, God, how how do you manage that? You you don't you don't do that kind of thing. But um. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's, probably, that's probably the most interesting story in, in my whole lifetime. The biggest shock, anyway. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, I remember everyone was like, oh, Tottenham are going to win it. They're going to blow it. They don't have the quality. And that was said from about half the halfway point of the season. That was all that was said. And no one thought they would believe it. Even their own fans. This one fan, he had like a he bet on it. Uh, he mm. bet at the start of the season, but Leicester would win the Prem. And there was like five games left and he cashed out instead of backing the boys and he lost about four and a half grand off of it. So. <laughs> oh dear. Um, one honourable mention for me, although he hasn't won a Premier League title Klopp, yet, would be uh, Jurgen Klopp. I yeah. think the style of football he's played. And, you know, in terms of points, totals, 97, 97 points and losing the league is, is crazy. Yeah, if, he, if, if the virus wasn't here... Um, and he had won this league. I think he would have made the list actually, because if he's got a ninety-seven point uh, season and then a uh, Premier League winning season with only one loss, maybe a couple more to Man City or Chelsea, um, then that's surely better than any Mancini or any Ancelotti achievements, don't you think? And he, especially still the might... team he, especially the team he, uh, he came and he, he still might win this year's Premier League. As well, and we don't know how it's going to go. So, but yes, that was um, that was the first brothers from different mothers podcasts. Um, Sam, just recap your list five, five to number one again. 
Okay, so number five was Roberto Mancini. Number four was Jose Mourinho. Number three was Pep Guardiola. Number two was Arsene Wenger. And number one was Sir Alex Ferguson. So I had five, Ancelotti, four, Guardiola, three, Wenger, two, Mourinho, and number one, Ferguson. So let us know um, your top five and if it differs to mine and Sam's. Um, I'm hopefully going to have this podcast out on Spotify, iTunes, and Acast, hopefully by Monday, possibly. I have to see how I get on. Sam, anything to say? Uh, no, uh, thank you for watching, I guess. That's the... Or listening anyway thank you yeah indeed yeah cool right um yeah thanks for listening and we'll catch you again sometime